0: This episode of Story Comic Presents is sponsored by JanusPointPress.com. Watch out for wormholes. Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 323. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com. We're excited to have with us the internationally celebrated indie comic legend and owner of Reckless Sidekick Productions, (laughs) Keith Gleason.
1: Hey, Barney. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Keith. You know, it's like... You know, we were talking before before we went on the show that, you know, we've known each other since 2017. Um, yeah. Back in the Vermont Comic Con days is when you were had your table set up. And I was mentioning that you inspired me when I started seeing that because you had such a great way you set up your table. You had – talk about that. And then we'll talk about your history. But you had such a, you know, a little snippet of advice on how to attract – uh, potential new readers to your table.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> and I would actually say for any listeners out there, if you go to YouTube and go to my my YouTube channel, which is Indie Comics Relay, yeah. I did a series of videos on how on like setting up at conventions and the things, different things that I do. There's about probably about eight to ten videos there, just talking about different aspects of. You know setting up at conventions and shows and i think the one that you're referring to is is the signs that i made up you know so at the yeah. time i had i don't know maybe four or five books and i saw I, you know i actually stole this from someone else like so it's like um uh, and i talk about that too like if you get if you see a good idea you know start incorporating it into your own setup you know so right. like i do that often i'm still learning at conventions sometimes i'll see something and i'll be like oh i like how that guy did that you know so uh and, I, and then i'll kind of like i'm like the blob i just take it in you know <laughs> and it becomes part of my being you know but um what you're referring to is the the sign so like i i you know a lot of people that go to conventions now are I'd say about half of them aren't comic book fans, but I think some of them are open to trying comics. And so like, I started these signs, like, um, you know, almost like, a, almost like a TV pitch or something where it's like, if you like this show, you might like this comic, you know? And I point right. down to the comic on the sign, you know, for example, I think I did, let me see with my hero envy comic which is sort of like um a geek comedy but it's like got some sci-fi elements to it i kind of said you know if you like big bang theory mixed with like rick and morty you might like this book you know because it has (laughs) like the rick and morty humor and um it has the geeks kind of like big bang theory you know so and a lot of those signs like i made signs for every book and it, it does help you sell especially if you're talking to somebody and people are walking by, they can still see the sign. Right. And I also suggest, you know, stealing the logos from the actual thing that you're talking about. So with Big Bang Theory, I took their logo and I also took the Rick and Morty logo. You know? so <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know. It was a good setup for a long time and I used that for years, but now like I kind of don't use it anymore because I have, so many books now like you know i have nine issues of mighty mascots alone wow and then i have a couple graphic novels so i almost don't have room for the signs anymore you know? right. <laughs> and you don't want to kill people with um signs everywhere you know so you just want to keep it simple you know so, so
0: i mean so mighty mascots then is kind of like your masthead title
1: I would say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah at this point it, 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 it wasn't before, but it is now like, uh, in the mm. last like five years, it's become my, my primary book, I guess you, you would say, you know,
0: so talk to us a little bit about what the, the concept is of money mascots.
1: So it's basically a love letter to <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons. And, marvel comics or even any comics of like the 70s and 80s so it's it's about um a bunch of serial mascots and they're brought to life by a 3d printing accident and they become like a superhero team so (laughs) so i know i always get a laugh when i say the concept of people but i um so i i think it it's heavily inspired by like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or like even Batman, the animated series. So it's kind of like, it's got an absurd concept like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but often like that cartoon, they always treated it kind of seriously. Right. So I kind of do the same thing. Like I take this absurd concept, treat it kind of seriously, and then write a like a good superhero epic around it, you know? So it's, it's a fun book to write, man. It's like, uh, you know what they always say is like, when you create something, you want to create something that you would love. And then also like that could appeal to a mass audience. And I think this is the book, you know, <laughs> for me anyways, you know, cause I have ideas, so, a couple of years worth of ideas anyways, you know?
0: So how often do you produce these?
1: Uh, these I was doing though? three a year. Um, oh, wow, okay but I think I'm going to slow down because three a year is a kind of tough with everything I'm doing. You know, cause right. I got the convention on top of that. And I got lettering that I do on the side as well. So I think I'm going to try to just produce one here and there. And if it ends up being three a year, great. If not, um, that's fine too. Cause I was trying to do three at once. So I would do all three scripts, all three, you know, thumbnails and everything, but it's so much hard. And I think it's also kind of stressful for the artists a little bit, because I noticed like the first issue, the artwork is great. And then the second one, it starts to get a little not sloppy, but you could tell like they're doing a little less of the backgrounds and a little, you know what I mean? So I feel if you do one issue at a time, give them a little right. break and then start over. I think it's probably a better, you know, better way to do it, you know?
0: so because you you write it but you don't you you're not the artist on this one
1: correct yeah I'm I I only do the art on the Swamp Tales book and that's because my art style is very cartoony very like Charles Schultz or Jim Davis kind of look you know and I have a hard time drawing drawing not only perspective but also like realistic anatomy you know like realistic like superhero anatomy so I guess like i kind of know my strengths and so like when i want like a book that looks more like a traditional superhero book i hired out the artist you know so so far the art team's been with me for all nine issues which is great you know so i'm gonna try to keep them as long as i can you know so <laughs> right.
0: and you mentioned it's an ongoing series or does it have a definitive end to
1: it yeah it's ongoing um <clears throat> i mean i guess i could end it at any time i kind of I don't really have an ending in sight, but I, you know, I could make one of, of for sure, you know? Um, but I feel it's like more like an ongoing kind of story where right. it's like, I mean, there's a million like brand mascots and a lot of the villains tend to be like other brand mascots. So like, I mean, there's so many ideas that I can take and just twist to my comic, you know, <laughs> <clears throat> like to give you an example, the first story arc, um the villains. Um do you remember? I don't know if you remember this, like in the 70s, they used to have um on TV they had these crest uh commercials for the toothpaste, but they were animated and they were done by like Jack Kirby and it huh. was like the cavity creeps. Do you remember that? Do you remember those commercials? So I used them as the villains in the first uh miniseries which is the first three issues and um some people got who it was you know which is cool to see you know and then i think in the issues four five and six the villains were uh video game guys like we had an evil mario and an evil donkey kong you know so it was kind of fun to just kind of part of the fun of the book for me is make taking a real mascot and kind of finding my own version of it which both pays homage to the original but also is a whole different character that can kind of stand on its own you know right so I think that's you know so I like doing that kind of stuff you know so but yeah it's a fun book to write and I love writing like the little drama and like the story arcs and the character arcs things like that you know so yeah I have a blast with it it's like one of my it's out of everything I've done it's probably the funnest comic to write because it it's everything I loved as a kid, you know, so, right. So I think that's why it keeps me interested in, in, uh, into it, you know? So.
0: So talk <laughs> about the world building aspect of it. How do you know, you mentioned there was like a freak, you know, accident, a ser- cereal box accident. Is that what, is? what, per- what, what perpetuated the, the expansion of other mascots? Like, so it okay. wasn't like a one-off thing that happened that I take it
1: no so there's like um so in the first mini series you find out you actually find out in the second issue that there's an evil kind of um corporation where the mascots were created so it's like kind of like an evil like a i wouldn't say like a lex luther type but there's like this uh woman who's called dr baneful and she's um you know she runs like this scientific kind of cl- conglomerate kind of thing and the 3d printed formula was created there in this, uh, organization. And what's, when it, what ends up happening, you find out in, um, as their origin is like the person who created it was, um, basically being, um, hunted by Bainful and her crew because he created this amazing, like 3d printing formula. That's actually a, like an actual formula. And, um, when he tries to hide it, he, he puts it into the, you know, their local break room or whatever. And inside the cabinet is all these cereal boxes and it pours on (laughs) the cereal boxes and creates all these guys. And then they escape the corporation. But in the first issue, she, she takes the formula from this guy and she decides to do a field test on it by putting it inside of, um, uh, supermarket sprinkler system. She uses these thugs to put it in there. And when the sprinkler goes off, it sprays all the products oh, wow. in the store. So it kind of creates this massive influx of brand mascots, which you don't know at the time is that's happening in the background as you know, the current storylines unfolding. And, um, you also find out that she had taken the formula and did something to the engineering of it to like, kind of give these, all these mascots have kind of like a, anyone that's created with her formula has kind of like a, you know, they're kind of angry, like they're, they come out like as villains almost, you know, right away. So, so it's like, kind of like them on hunting all these guys that were created. So it's like, so it's kind of like one of those kind of stories, like an old television kind of storyline You know what i mean like like the hulk or something or or even x files would be a better examples like where there's like a
0: like a monster of the week monster of of the week kind
1: of thing you know and sometimes there's multiple issues in the storyline or there's just one shots and things like that so um but yeah no it's a lot of fun to try to figure out how it all kind of comes together you know and i love how each issue builds the world even more you know so Yeah. so i'm
0: really curious about this about being the cereal box mascot is like did you have to come up with the flavor of cereal or did you come up with a mascot first to combine (coughs) the flavor i did both
1: actually (laughs) really so every i know every mascot and every cereal that they are part of which is a lot of fun you know um and when i do create like even the evil mascots i figure out that aspect of it it's almost like um like when an actor gets into the what is it like method acting and they try to figure out every little angle of everything, you know, I do the same, you know, when I create the character, <laughs> I try to figure out how it all works and, you know, things like that. So, I uh, <laughs> real fun in the last two issues, the last two I I made issues eight and nine, the villains are kind of like a, um, a version of the 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 Jolly Green Giant and Sprout so so my version is like um grumpy orange goliath so short is like gog you know and then the kernel the kernel is the instead of the sprout it's like it's a kernel of corn that's like kind of like a military theme you know (laughs) called the kernel but it's it's spelled k-e-r-n-e-l you know okay (laughs) but they were really fun to create and then i created um I figured they needed like a um a commissioner gordon type so i used um mcgruff the crime dog i created my own oh, version awesome. of that do you remember mcgruff yeah <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so it's kind of fun i think that's part of the fun of the series is people reading it and trying to figure out who i'm kind of parodying or uh um, paying homage homage to you know
0: so is do they uh do they have their superpowers involved or they're just like brought to life without superpowers?
1: Yeah, some of them have. I'm like, um, well, the pirate, which is supposed to be like Captain Crunch, is he's he's more like a Batman type. He has a lot of, you know, a lot of weapons and trinkets. And he has like a mechanical parrot named Sea mm-hmm. Rat that kind of looks like uh, uh who can Sam you know a little bit with his nose and stuff but the alien is super intelligent has a lot of um a lot of inventions you know things like that and then there's the bear who's just super strong and has the the claws and then the three robots are kind of like a little bit like Voltron they um all three on their own are powerful but then when they combine into a bigger robot too you know so named mega crunch (laughs) mega crunch oh i love it so yeah it's it's and then i I, they have their um human human guy that's their sort of like mentor okay it's an um it's a pay it's a tribute to gary coleman basically he's like um a former child star who turned scientist and he he kind of his fate it's tied to theirs when, um, when the, all the stuff goes down in the, in the, in the, when they're first created basically in the, in the lab, his friend is the one that created the formula and his friend gets killed. So he okay. kind of comes together with them and then they kind of become a, a team together, I guess, you know?
0: And so I'm curious, with The
1: bears, is it, is the
0: bear like, like a cinnamon flavored
1: cereal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can go let me see. So the bear is like uh his name is Boxer Bear. He's okay. kind of like a a tribute to Tony the Tiger or Sugar okay. Bear or something like that. Okay. And his his uh cereal is Cinnamon Smackers. And the tagline <laughs> awesome. is I'll I'll box you for a bowl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the the pirate is Captain Horatio Honey Flakes. And his cereal is Honey Flakes, Crispy Honey Flakes. Right. And uh, the tagline for that cereal is uh, set sail for flavor, you know. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And the alien is kind of a deep cut. Do you remember a cereal called Quisp?
0: Oh, Quisp, yes. He had almost like a snorkel. snorkel, Yeah, yeah. He was like uh, a uh, weird
1: little alien type yeah so mondo that's mondo martian and i think his cereal was um it was something like uh space saucers or something like that right and then uh the the three robots are wax mac and boom so they kind of have a, a an alliteration kind of like rice crispy you know snap, you it, crack, snap pop. pop. yeah and um their cereal is bionic bites and it's uh I think it's like some, the tagline, something like, uh, vitamins, minerals, and taste combined for ultimate satisfaction or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I take it back. I think Mondo series was star crunch. That's what it was star crunch, star crunch.
0: Watch out for wormholes because a good book is a wormhole, whether it's paper or pixels. Explore our artist books and chapbooks, including the winning 2022 Chataqua Janus Prize Lecture at januspointpress.com. And sign up for news of our upcoming sci fi sensual and literary collection, Event Horizon. This short story collection on cosmic decisions and their impact is written by award winning author Stephanie Nina Pizzarillos and features comics, prose, photography, an original canvas work by an array of exciting artists. Visit januspointpress.com What was the point to say? Listen, we're gonna stick with four or five characters because, like, because it's basically it's a what you did is you 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 wrote a like a so you you basically wrote a super team comic and when that happens, how do you know? what's the appropriate
1: number of characters gotcha yeah so i i use like um i use like sort of like the justice league as sort of a guideline Um, justice league it's always been you know when there's not a ton ton of stuff going on if it's just the core team it's always seven people basically and they all Mm -hmm. kind of fill like a need you know what i mean like so there's The one I didn't mention that's on the team also that's not a serial mascot is um, a version of the Kool-Aid man. It's his name's uh, Brewster McPunch, and he's sort (laughs) of like the comic relief, kind of like the way either the Flash was or Plastic Man. They would always be like kind of like the comic relief. Then you always had the Bruiser and the, the strong guy, which was always Superman. But on my team, it's Boxer Bear and then you know you have honey flakes who kind of fills the batman role right and then so on and so forth they all kind of fill their own niche and he always had the smart guy which was the alien you know so i kind of used that there's certain a lot of a lot of super teams have like those archetypes if you ever notice like even avengers kind of has similar kind of veins to it and um I would say this team is a little more on the weirder side more like a doom patrol or uh or remember metal men something like that yeah. you know where it's like <laughs> you have the wacky professor and, and then like this wacky group of characters you know all coming together and fighting the good fight i guess you know but um yeah that's sort of how i kind of based it off of that like trying to come up with my own versions of things like that you know Cause i don't feel like there's there's no superpower that hasn't been done yet you know so it's like you kind of try to find your own niche in that world i guess you know it does bring up
0: that once you kind of mention that example of like the justice league and and the avengers and stuff is that then i kind of realized that there really isn't a lot of mascot cereal box matches that are female they're all no
1: there's not although i did have um I did introduce a female character in the first uh first three issues or in the second issue she makes an appearance at the very end and then the third issue she's like fully in it but like i t- <laughs> I was looking for that because I wanted to add like you know female kind of uh, perspective to the series so I thought you know you the landa lakes girl would make a great <laughs> a great hero, you know, like just an awesome badass like indian warrior princess kind of type. You right. know, and, and especially with that they just did that predator movie called Prey with the the indian girl. And indian. I was it was along those lines. I thought like, you know, I had the the character before that movie came out. But when that movie did come out, I asked the artist to um start designing her to look like that movie, you know, like that character. So, yeah, so I have her as like the female kind of thing. And she's one of those um, Ronin types where she kind of goes off on her own and then kind of comes back. And, you know, one of those type of characters you see once in a while. And I may have her come in and join the team for a little bit with the upcoming issues because I'm building towards a bigger storyline. So I feel she would come in and kind of help them out you know this huge menace that's going to be coming you know kind of thing
0: compared to the like mighty is mighty mascots and like the whole like gleason verse here like how does this compare <laughs> to some of your other titles
1: the first comic i did was hero envy which was a three issue mini series and that one is um a geek comedy basically it's about four geeks that um they have to go on this mission like uh the <laughs> there's like a um you know like the watcher you at to the 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 watcher from Marvel yeah. they get contacted by YouTube the pointer who's like he doesn't watch events he points at them <laughs> so he comes he has to find four of the biggest losers in the universe to go on this mission and he finds <laughs> these four guys and puts them on the this uh storyline now the funny thing is is this started so Before it was a comic book, this was actually a web series that me and my friends not only starred in, but we also wrote, acted, you know, filmed it, produced it. Oh, wow. Yeah, we made like almost 30 episodes on our own. They're not very good and they're very (laughs) un-PC. You know, like this is, you know, we're going back like early 2000s, you know, where you could you know say and do anything a lot of the stuff in that series is not not really uh kosher nowadays I guess you know a lot of lot of a lot of like jokes and you know a lot of like offensive humor kind of thing but um we had stopped doing the web series but I still wanted to write the characters so I was like let's do a comic and so I did that was the first three issues I ever did took me five years to produce both all three of those i mean i was just learning though to make comics and stuff so i was sort of like uh, george lucasing it i was like every little thing i was trying to fix or tweak you know so i've kind of learned to uh make that process a lot faster i guess you know right so that's kind of like its own thing and then um swamp Swamp Tales. tales yeah right now that was a comic strip that i at one point i was pitching i was trying to get that into newspapers i was pitching it around um trying to get it syndicated and you know out into the world but like you know how the newspaper business is it's pretty pretty much dying and no one's looking for new comics so right so i had all so for a while i did a website in the 90s with all these comic strips that i made on it and they were just kind of sitting around and I was like, you know what, let me reformat these and re them and I can release them as a comic book. So I had three issues worth of comic strips that I had just made. Sometimes I made and, and with the new, when I put them in comic form, I actually made a couple new ones to kind of, you know, even it all out. So that you would have like three full issues of content, you know? And, right. um, so that's something i might go back to i like those characters and i like doing comic strips i love doing the you know the setup setup mm-hmm. gag kind of thing that you see in a sunday <laughs> newspaper you know so that's pretty much what swamp tales is and then i hired um artist uh, chris Gugliotti to do the covers for me and so that's what you see there is the covers that he made for me and there it's really fun stuff you know so that right. one, that one's a lot of fun. And then, um, what other books I have? I I started a book called Reckless Chronicles and Kid Switch, which I right. hope to get back to one of these days. Kid Switch was supposed to be a four issue miniseries, and I've only act ever actually made the first issue, but I have two and three, and most of four written. It's just okay. I got to go back and actually. So what ended up happening is that Mighty Mascots. uh, Well, So I was doing Kid Switch and then I was doing Reckless Chronicles at the same time. And Reckless Chronicles has the first um, two Mighty Mascot stories. And I started pitching that around. And then Mighty Mascots got picked up by, by Alterna Comics at the time so i stopped doing all my other books and just focused on making mighty mascots and now that i'm away from alterna and out of my contract and this just happened this year so i'm trying to get back to like you know still making mighty mascots issues but also going back and maybe finishing Kid switch at some point and then also maybe mm. finish i have another concept i want to make into a comic so i got all these ideas brewing you know so i got a million so reckless chronicles was supposed to be an anthology series where i wrote all three stories in the issue and it was supposed to be one of the stories was a sequel to hero envy uh one of the stories was mighty mascots and the other story was my me taking a shot at um public domain characters so it was was, um the time traveler from the, um, the time machine book by h.g wells which is a public domain character and the story was centered around his son trying to find him and who who was lost in the time stream and of course like sherlock holmes shows up and it was called time traveling team ups so the the premise was to take the time traveler's son and team him up with different public domain characters out of history you know oh that's cool to have him team up with like the three musketeers uh you know you name it you know you name any character in public domain like king arthur things like that you know so right. that one's kind of fun you know so <laughs> hopefully get back to that one at some point too i think that would be a fun book to return to but i like, so, wanted to challenge myself to write other things besides comedy and you know superhero right. stuff so
0: so so where do you have time to do all your projects
1: <laughs> well i work part time so that helps but i um i feel like so the pandemic in a weird way helped me get wow, to okay. a good point with my comic stuff and i, I hate to say that with because there was so much suffering and bad uh stuff happening during the pandemic but it actually, it was funny, like the first month of the pandemic, when everybody was like uncertain of everything, I was like launching my first, uh, campaign for mighty mascots. And it was like a month into the pandemic. And I'm like, do I launch this thing? Or, you know, I felt weird about it. Like, cause it's like, everyone's not working and this and that. And, but it ended up being the perfect time to do it cuz there wasn't a lot going on so my campaign did really well i think we hit almost 18 or 19 grand on the campaign which is crazy wow. you know yeah. and that kind of set me up to a point where i i mean i can't not work like i need to to have some money coming in you know so but it set me up to a point where between that and doing plastic city i was able to kind of go to a part-time status right so i work at a comic store part-time one-stop shop in uh clinton mass shout out to them but like um i work there like three days a week you know i make like i make enough money to pay my half of the bills and then any other money i make is usually i usually i'm also a letterer for hire so i do that freelance style so if you ever need a letterer let me know um so i do that on the side and then i also do plastic city and i also sell my book so between all those i'm doing okay and of course i'm trying to get my youtube channel up to a thousand subscribers so i can start making that work for me a little bit with money you know i know it's not a ton of money but any little bit you got coming in helps you know so we're getting there we're almost at 900 subscribers so it's taken you know, you know how the, the grind is with YouTube, you know? So, yeah. but um, yeah. So between all that, I've been, you know, the, the pandemic kind of helped me get into a position where I could leave a full-time job and kind of right now I'm, I'm getting by. We'll see how it is in a year. See if I have to go back to a full-time job, but right now it seems okay. I'm, you know, I've gotten work, I got, I'm doing a 300 page graphic novel for lettering right now. So that, that should carry me all the way through the spring, hopefully, you know, and then we'll see what happens from there. You know? right. So, so yeah, so it's been good. It's been good. You right. know, so I got awesome. one foot in the, the, you know, working in the dream job, I guess, you know, so right. doing stuff I like, you know,
0: and working part-time at a comic shop so that you yeah, kind that's of yeah. yeah. kind of keep my
1: i can see you know what's selling i can kind of be there when there's trends and things like that you know right and yeah. help the store become successful and you know and, it, and they don't really give a great discount on stuff so i'm not there for the discount but like you know i can pick up stuff that i might not have seen you know on when i do my order my comic orders so it's kind of cool Right. And so I minded people, you know,
0: that's true. Yeah. So, so Keith, if people want to learn more about your work, where is the best place they could go to?
1: Um. Well, i for social media, Twitter, I'm, or X is whatever you want to call it now is probably the best place to find me. I, I probably I'm the, I, you know, I post something up most daily there, you know? So, my handle there is reckless Gleason, which is, you know, like the part of my, my, um, production name, which is reckless sidekick productions. And, you know, I also have a website. Um, you can either go to hero or recklesssidekick.com. and bring you both to the same place. And that has all my books. It has write-ups of everything. So you can see all the body of work it also has um one of the things is my lettering work if you go to the menu you can see the pages I've lettered and what my lettering looks like so if you need a letterer you can you know I put some of this pages I've done you know and different different sound effects and stuff that I've made and you know different books I've done yeah so it's you know I like doing lettering I know a lot of people find it boring but um I, I don't know. I enjoy, I feel like lettering is sort of like editing a movie. Like you're putting right. the final touches on the comic, you know, right. And I just have a lot of, and a lot of the pages are from mighty mascots. So you can see some of the artwork there too. So yeah. Wow. It's a that's some really good
0: lettering. Yeah. That's oh, really good. You, man. Yeah. Thanks. yeah.
1: I, I mean, I learned from just reading and you know, it's like I'll read a comic and I'll see the way, some of the professionals letter pages and I'm like, ooh, I like that, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of add that into my uh my my rep with repertoire, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and my and then yeah, and then, you know, I'm starting to get work from it, which is good. Like I've lettered a couple of cool projects. Um I did some stuff for Invader Comics, which is like one of those like super indie labels. And yeah. uh, I've done some stuff for um like it's, uh, there's this band called Ninja sex party. I guess they're kind of famous. They were on Conan Conan O'Brien and some other places. I did some, I did um, some lettering work for their comic book. And um, there's a few other ones. I, I I'm blanking on them right now, but right. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I'm slowly getting some work and getting my name out there, you know? So.
0: Excellent. That's perfect Thanks. Keith. So, so a good place. So, heroenvy.com is a good spot where they can kind of see any of your work there. Also all your, all the comics that you've been producing there as well. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. definitely. And there's also links to, if you ever want to watch the the old webisodes we made for hero I Envy mean, but that's warning awesome. they are PC don't they're not PC and don't right. cancel me over it. <laughs> it's from a different time and era, you know, so that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the references we make in the episode will tell you how old it is, you know. <laughs> like I think there's an episode where they're going to see the Serenity movie. I mean, how how many years ago was that? Is that yeah, like two thousand or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. so it was, Yeah, it was fun, man. It was. It's been a fun ride to get to here. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I think Perfect. the few things well, I would change along the way. I wish I had started our YouTube channel. Ten years ago versus like three years ago, you know. So right,
0: that, yeah. would, that
1: would put us in a nice place. But we're getting there, you know. We're getting, you're there. getting there.
0: Yeah, excellent. So people can check it out. They they can actually see the link also to subscribe to your YouTube channel as well. Um, yes, I believe
1: there. all. I don't know if I, I'd have to check that main page, but I think it has all our links. I think. Reach out. We'll have you on the indie. We'll have you on Indie Comics Relay live stream again. You know. We had a great yeah. discussion about the radio stations and everything when you were on. That was that great. was
0: such a fun. Yeah, that was such a great time. So yeah. So yeah, so definitely for those that are listening or watching, check out Indie Comics Relay. And um, I'll put a link in the show notes of that interview I was on for that too. So that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. So yeah,
1: definitely. People can check that out. It yeah. was really fun.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Keith. Thank you. Was I was like, a, what? Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to so what? I,